the sense of what we are should be doing is just like or what we should you know be able to lean in and do all these things was leaving a lot of us uh, in burnout, physical, actual like breakdown, burnout, uh, maternal anxiety, uh, all the things, right? And then the message is just like you should just do more to get you know to to be better, to to find a way to be more efficient, or all the things. And and I I I fed into that until I found myself in adrenal burnout. And so I decided to go back to school and change careers. I used to be a um, very, very high, strong event planner. <laughs> and uh, and I just was like, there needs to be more support for women to understand that there's space for them as a woman in their life as a mother uh, and how important that is for their own physical and mental health and, and the message that we send to our kids of what a mother looks like. So I work with moms on burnout recovery, on how to recreate space for them, on how to get to know who they are. Because as you well know, when you become a mother, you kind of a piece of you who you were before dies and mm -hmm. a new piece is born. And a lot of us aren't told to make the time and space to get to know who that person is. So I help other moms at whatever stage of motherhood that they are make that space find ways to eat, move, and find joy in places that makes them feel more like themselves. You have found the place to be. This is the Self-Love Peddler Show. I'm Sophie McCallum, your personal self-love peddler. Please leave the single narrative, airbrushed, beauty bot images you have been forced fed at the door. Here we examine our relationship with our bodies and the many shapes and nuances our bodies have. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Welcome to the journey. Sorry, I have a very potty mouth. I am a sailor reincarnated. Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, good. You don't so, look like a sailor. I was worried. No, no, no. I really had to dial it back when I had children, although they're now, they're, their choice curse that is the one that like, I let out but isn't a curse is like, for the love of Christ, <laughs> they're running around the house saying, but it's so much better than, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> if, if my children someday, for the love of Christ, when they stub their toe, say that. Well, Instead mine are still of, little, though. Like, little, Yeah, little. even like when mine... Like, if a seven-year-old's like, fuck this, yeah, I'm I pretty know. sure that would not be appropriate. That was my kid, sadly. <laughs> but that's the way I grew up. And so, you know, it's yeah. all right. But one of the greatest compliments I've ever gotten in my life, and I've repeated it many times, was actually from this gentleman... Really? ...recording our podcast here. You? At the end of... Um, I'm doing a lot of solo podcasts this time, but the last time I did my first one and it wasn't planned and I just had to go with it. And when I was done, Andrew looked at me and said, you curse beautifully. Yeah. You have perfect cursing timing. <laughs> That's an excellent <laughs> adjective. You know, I was once saying to somebody, so the problem is it's an adjective in my vocabulary and there's not really anything to add the oomph of what I'm trying to articulate without the curse. Yeah. Well, for me, I consciously now when I curse and we're diving right in here, um, when I curse, I, um, I make sure it's not like when I used to, I, I was a very active, angry alcoholic for many years right, that. and I lived in fear and now I live in love and, you know, that's part of the journey and a lot of what I'm discussing today. Um, but, uh, when I used to curse, it was directed like at someone like my knee jerk was go fuck yourself yeah you know whereas now like 
I stub my toe and it's like, God, suck it, motherfucker, because I've hurt because it hurts and it makes me feel better. Yeah. But I don't curse at people right. or myself anymore. Yeah. You know, like like I like to curse because it's funny and it's colorful and it's actually a sign of intelligence. But I don't use it really? in a way. I saw Gary V doing some woman came up to him and was like, why do you curse so much? He's like, I don't fucking know. And like, <laughs> like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's just how I fucking talk. It's and she's name. like, she's like, but more people would listen to if you didn't. He's like, maybe so, but it wouldn't fucking be me. I mean, I don't know who fucking tell you. <laughs> it's like, totally relate. Anyway, Same. so that was a long intro all about cursing. But I'm here with Jen Colliff. Am I saying it right? Yeah. Colliff. And Jen is a certified holistic health an integrative nutritional nutrition coach. Um, yeah. Jen. Yes. Can you say that for well, me? Well, we can just shorten it to holistic health coach because okay. th that's the certified name. And uh, you started Thrive Hive Wellness. Can you tell me about that? Yes. So I realized pretty early on in motherhood with two kids two years apart that the sense of what we should be doing or what we should, you know, be able to lean in and do all these things was leaving a lot of us uh, in burnout, physical, actual, like breakdown, burnout, uh, maternal anxiety, uh, all the things. Right. And then the message is just like, you should just do more to get, you know, to to be better, to to find a way to be more efficient or all the things. And and I I fed into that until I found myself in adrenal burnout. And so I decided to go back to school and change careers. I used to be a um, very, very high, strong event planner. <laughs> and uh, and I just was like, there needs to be more support for women to understand that there's space for them as a woman in their life as a mother uh, and how important that is for their own physical and mental health and the message that we send to our kids of what a mother looks like. So I work with moms on burnout recovery, on how to recreate space for them, on how to get to know who they are. Because as you well know, when you become a mother, a piece of you who you were before dies and mm -hmm. a new piece is born. And a lot of us aren't told to make the time and space to get to know who that person is. So I help other moms at whatever stage of motherhood that they are make that space, find ways to eat, move, and find joy in places that makes them feel more like themselves. Amazing. Hello, wonderful, worthy, self-loving women. I'm thrilled to introduce you to my newest course, Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love. There's a gold medal in you waiting for you. Are you ready to accept it? This course is all about the ever-evolving process of self-love and self-discovery. If fully embraced, just like self-love, it is endless and can deliver boundless results. Through this course, you will find yourself living fully as your greatest you. In Flourish and Fly, my introductory course, we talk about learning to love ourselves. We learn to see that we are worth the gold. Here we take action. We grab the gold medal. Remember, you may achieve a silver trying to be someone else, but only you have the right to your gold, to your unique glory. Join me inside of Mastering Your Love Centers Through Conscious, Compassionate Self-Love and grab your gold. It's already yours for the taking. Are you ready to take it? Join me. Your time is now. I remember after my first, I have three children, three boys, and after my first son was born and I had finished breastfeeding, I remember standing in the mirror in my apartment and like, you know, my breasts had gone down a size mm -hmm. and also like some inches mm. yeah. <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in height. Tuck them into your belt That's at that right. point. Yeah. And, um, and it's sort of like, I felt 
like my shoulders were wider. I gained over 70 pounds with my with my first and over 60 with the other two. Um, and so like I felt like my bone structure actually sort of like not the structure, but the yeah, the structure, like the way they sat on my body, like my shoulders were wider, my breasts were smaller, they were lower. And it was like, huh. Like it was <laughs> like it that like the body never lies, right? Like the body had changed. But as you say, so had my mind, my heart. When you have children, your heart walks on the outside of your body for the rest of your life, right? Yeah, you know, so like I just you're always as happy as your unhappiest child. Like not all of us, but that's been my case for as a mother. Um and there was not a lot of community or resources or anyone really talking about this experience. And now that I'm at the part of my life where my oldest, that child just went off to college and I'm less needed on a moment by moment basis as a mother and I'm journeying, journeying consciously and compassionately and with love back into the workforce, like the ability for me to tap into communities of assistance, understanding, knowledge, research-based help yeah. is... I am so incredibly thankful for. So you're here because you built this beautiful platform and I found you through it. And um, what was your biggest struggle in getting to where you are today? Uh, oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't think there is one biggest struggle. Do you mean personally or professionally? Getting or? you to the place where you've got two small children, yeah. you've recognized you're in this hard place and you have managed to come out on the other side with this business and this plan and this purpose. Yeah. I mean, I think it's always easier to lean into things that give us passion. And I think at the end of the day, most of us do want to be of service, like on a really just a human level. Even if we don't know it. Even if we don't know it, right? Like we're in service to our kids. Why we always like why you said, you know, you're as happiest as your youngest is your as your least happiest child or whatever that case is. I happen to be an empath. So that really rings true for me. Um, but I, I'm the type of person that there's a problem. I don't want to point out the problem. I want to be part of the solution. And I think for me, it was healing to help other people not get to the place that I was in. So making time and space and understanding that while this was another thing to do on top of all the millions of things to do with running a household and young kids and commuting to school and all that stuff, but it filled my soul. And I think there's different types of energy output and input. And so for me, this kind of thing is like, yes, this adds more, but it also adds more fulfilling things. And I'm sure you can appreciate this. When you talk to somebody who you've affected in a positive way, especially when it's a mother, because I find that is a multi-generational gift, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's learning how to eat in a healthy way that you know restores and, and nourishes your body, or that's seeing a parent say, I count, I matter, I, I take up space in this family of whom I support. That to me is just like the ultimate gift. And so it's just what drives me. I just, I live, I, like I get a high off of being able to help other people and also being able to be, sometimes our partners can't be um, the mirror that we need them to be in acknowledging all the invisible work and how, what that, the toll it takes on us and being able to be that person for somebody else that says, you're not crazy. This is untenable. The system's rigged. Yeah. <laughs> like no amount of, you know, as much as I'm a, a pro meditation person, like no meditation is going to change the fact that you're in a toxic relationship or job or whatever, like to be that person to say and, and see that other person feel seen and held is just, it's an honor. 
Yeah. I went to a seminar um, at a women's co-working facility in Midtown about a year ago, and it's the first place I ever heard about invisible work. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Invisible work. I recently got an office space outside of the home. And I swear, in the time that I have had that space, I have gotten more done. I believe it. <laughs> than, than like, I mean, it is the greatest business investment. And I've made a lot of business investments, and this is the greatest one. And I realized that, like, the invisible work was my work. And it was, you know, my mother used to call it um, home whiffery, I think is what she would refer to it. But And she's not wrong, you know, but it's like. The invisible work as a wife, mother, in my case, ex-wife, <laughs> um, all that stuff. Like, it's important work and it's all consuming, but it needs to be put in its place so that we can focus on our goals and our dreams. And now that my children are older, I am at a time where I can be a little more selfish and I can put that invisible work off. It's not always like in the moment, although I do have like boarding school forms to fill out during my lunch break here. And the best was my son, who, as I said, just went to college. He came to me this summer. He's like, oh, my God, I just filled out all of the medical stuff and all of the paperwork and everything for college. <laughs> and it took forever. And I didn't say it because all he wanted to hear and all he did hear was like, oh, I can imagine. Like, that must have been really hard. Thank you for doing that. But what I wanted to say, like, dude, tell me about that. Yeah. I tell me about it. Like that back to school, like couple of forms for each child. It's like a week of my life. Yeah. Every year. Like. <laughs> but it's amazing that you were able to have it. It speaks to the place, the mental headspace that you're in right now, because most parents and, and honestly, my gut internal reaction to that would have been like, um, really, that you know, that was the all and, and all be all for you. Like, mm -hmm. you know, all the things that, you know, because I think because it's parenting. so invisible, exactly conscious parenting, but it's, um, yeah, it's the empathy and understanding that everybody's experience is real and true. Yeah. Um, I was just listening to, do you know, Dr. Becky at Good Inside? Uh -huh. I, I really love her. I was listening to her on Glennon Doyle this morning on her podcast. Um, and that's what she was talking about. Like our job as parents are like boundaries and love and empathy. But the invisible work needs to be a bit more visible because nobody's giving us that love, empathy. Like very oftentimes our partners, spouses, whomever aren't acknowledging because it's invisible mm -hmm. that you just spent an hour and a half at your lunch break, shoveling food down in between writing, you know, the boarding school paperwork, because it's just something that magically gets done. Like toilet paper magically appears in yeah. the cabinet. And like magically the food that you eat every day is just always in the fridge. Magic. Well, and if it's not, if you don't shine a light on it, then you start to like put the toilet paper away while cursing everyone you love. Yeah. It's because filled with you resentment. Feel under, yeah, and that's just like, yeah. I learned in my 40s that if I'm having conversations, particularly angry conversations with people who aren't in the room, like, it's time to like reset and reevaluate the situation. A hundred percent. And this is the stuff I work with my clients on boundary work because that feeling of resentment usually means in any sort of capacity that a boundary has been crossed. Right. And that sometimes we don't even know we haven't set the boundary for ourselves. Right. We, it, it, no one's done anything wrong. Right. 
Yeah. Right. But the feeling is such that it's heavy in my body. Why am I the one doing this? Why does no one else acknowledge it? You know, everybody complains that something's missing but doesn't know if it's there. Right. And I think I think there's an understanding of, okay, you know, whether that is how we speak to ourselves about our physical bodies or the space we make for ourselves in our in our lives. It's like we need these boundaries. We know them like the weird the word seems to be kind of like this negative connotation, but like we know we have like a fence around a pool so our kids don't drown. Like where's the fence for us right? so that we don't drown, proverbially? You know? I found like, a few years ago I had a lot of resentment around cooking food that no one wanted to eat or like they'd eat yeah. their way through it. And I, my two older kids are both well over six feet tall and they eat a lot of food. And like, like so for me to make enough to satisfy them is a lot, but if they don't like it, then I'm stuck with it and I don't eat the things they eat. So like, I was like, all right, everybody has an ATM card now. You can go to the supermarket. I will transfer the money into your account that you spend as long as it's not just like ho-hos and yoo-hoos or whatever those things, you know. Somewhat healthy stuff, make your food. Nice. I stopped cooking. And how'd that go over? Um, you know, we're still in the middle of it. Okay. Um, every once in a while, I'll cook a family dinner and we'll all sit down. But like, and it drives my husband crazy because his sit down family dinners growing up were really important in his family and mine, not as much. Right. Um, like as long as we're all kind of like in the same space doing things that fulfill us or uh, we're somewhat happy, like that's good enough for me. Like I don't need us all like sitting at the table. So tell me how your day was. Like I'm not – everybody always says like it's so important to sit down and have a family meal every day. And I struggled trying to do that for years and it doesn't work for me. So I pushed it aside and my family's still like united and loving. Like there are other ways to connect. But um, So how has it worked out? Like I have three boys who can cook pretty well. That's amazing. That's a gift. Yeah. I mean, and they'll make fun of me sometimes because of it. But I know I'm like, I took that energy and I'm showing up in other ways. You know, it's not just like, you're on your own, kids. I'm no. going out, you know. But, <laughs> like, but by creating a boundary for yourself where I'm not going to spend this time, energy, and waste food right. that you guys aren't going to like. And you're not taking ownership because I'm not forcing you to take that ownership. And by giving them the ownership. Right. Right. Then, you know, you're teaching them to fish, if you will. Right. And I and think that's great. I'm making fried rice. Does anybody want any? Yes. No. I'm OK. Like, OK, now I know how much to make. Right. And you're on your own. Physical time, but also the emotional energy of why did I just waste two hours doing yeah. this for nothing? But there's that again, it goes back to that conscious parenting, which is like one of my kids was struggling recently. And my ex-husband said, if you talk to him, um, tell him I'm worried about him. And I said, no. He was like, what? And I said, well, if I tell him that you're worried about him, that's making him worry about you worrying about him. And we're worried about him. So why would we put more worry there? <laughs> yes. You know, and that's love. You know, yeah. like it's the kid just needs to know he's loved. Sometimes I love you is enough. So let's circle back to the reason that I lured you here into my podcast <laughs> studio, which is love for the self and yeah. love for the body. And um, if I asked your body to describe you, what would she say? To describe me, I think she. <laughs> I think she said she's. I'm. I'm. I'm in a constant effort to control it, and I'll elaborate on that because I. I had mentioned to you in, in a previous discussion that I've had digestive issues for a really, really long time, um, and I have a 
I, I've only recently realized I have a somewhat detached relationship with my body as a result of it. Um, I'm, I have a small frame. I'm constantly bloated. I constantly look pregnant depending I'm like very careful about what I wear because I'm still of a childbearing age although shop is closed and all the signs have been taken down off the walls <laughs> um but you know I think throughout my younger years um and also when I was struggling with infertility issues it was really hard for me to be in my body um, so I have to be very careful about what I eat. I have to be very careful about all those things because it can get worse or better. I'm always sort of sucked in. And I think I'm learning to soften a little bit. I can I, I equate that to sort of my masculine energy of being like power through, figure out what to make this work, get to the bottom of this, you know, like and I'm having to get to a place where I'm like, let go and trust that at some point in this long ass journey, you're going to figure this out and get to a better place physically. So your body started by saying you were like very controlling, but you ended by saying that you're ready to sort of like let go and trust and know, right? Yeah. It's like a, it's a pendulum, right? Like right. something acts up and I don't feel good or I had I all of a sudden I have a really bad reaction to some food I eat and then it's like, ugh. Then I get back to the what was it? You know, can I figure this 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 and out? You know, whereas other times and I do think where I am in my life and where I am in physical space, like when I'm in nature, when I'm in places where I'm not in hypervigilance and I'm not in that go 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 intensity of clench, you know, that feeling, you're mm -hmm. just like hustle. I'm able to soften, lean in, and sort of like relax a little bit more. So it's just being really self-aware, right? Like I, I am these two people at the same time. As Dr. Becky says, two things can be true, right? Like I am both controlling and also really super trying to let go hmm. and accept, which can be hard for a personality like me. Acceptance and just like, you know, taking what is when you're used to being somebody who's like, no, actually. What is is what I make it, you know, mm -hmm. is a hard place, is a hard place to kind of reconcile. Yeah. What is is, but yet I'm creating what is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting to talk to you about the body because I often come at it from the point of vanity, right? Like we're so vain. There's some quote like we're so vain. We even care about what people we don't like think about us. You know, like, right. like we're... And, and so for me, I've worked with a lot of women who are accomplished and have healed and have grown and have prospered. And they're still like, how do I look at my genes from behind? You know, like there's still this like everything's really good, but it would be perfect if I lost X amount of weight. Right. So like it's but you're coming at it from a like an internal like yeah. focusing on like your body from the inside. It's like it's like full inside outside. It's not just about vanity. It's about like healthy survival. And I hear you recognize that that survival, like feeling good on the inside is what is going to propel you into these two directions of gem, yeah. right? And one is clearly serving you well. Does that other side serve you at all? That like masculine, like... Argh. Sometimes. I mean, it's been a lot of different discoveries of things. And I've learned stuff that helps me help 
my clients. It helps me support my family better. I've learned how to be attuned to my body in a way that I don't think I would have been. Mm-hmm. I don't think most people are as, as just as a result of this health journey that mm-hmm. I've been on. So I do think it serves me. But with anything, anything in extremes is never good. Right. So I've just gotten to a place where I'm like, OK, well, how can I soften when I feel that the control of like, well, what is it? Well, let's try this and let's try that. And, you know, well, I can't go there because of X, Y and Z. Like I've I think I've I think I've gotten to a place where I recognize when that's getting sort of I'm getting too close to the edge, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, to my absolutely. own edge. Whenever something really hard happens. My husband always says, remember, he's like very annoyingly wise. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice attribute. (laughs) It is. And I I should just say, isn't he wise and wonderful? But it's like I've struggled so long to like feel wise. And I feel like he's just like fucking inherently wise. But (laughs) that's part of what I love about him. We're all inherently wise. But I hear where you're saying. You hear what I'm saying. So um, he uh, whenever things are hard, he's like, you know what? If it wasn't for these times, like we wouldn't know how good we had it the rest of the time, right? It's all about like, yeah, like this like getting nervous to record a bunch of podcasts. Like, why? Because you're going outside your comfort zone. Good thing. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. So good for you for yeah. learning how that like diff I, I don't want to judge it, but that um that less maybe mindful side can help you grow and understand that other side of yourself. So well. Yeah. Yeah. And we it, we all have parts. We all have many parts. And it's clearly allowed you to be of service to other women. Yeah. So um, where can everybody find out about Thrive Hive? Uh, they can find me on my website at thrivehivewellness.com um, or on Instagram at Thrive Hive Wellness. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks I'm so happy you're today. here for all of these women. And um Thank you for showing up and talking. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your work. It's something that I clearly need to keep stepping into. Oh, good. Well, I look forward to having you in my in my sphere. <laughs> Me too. If you are craving to go deeper on your self-love and body love journey, please join me inside my private Facebook group, The Self-Love Shack. We meet once a week to continue our discussions and go deeper. You can also check out my self-love courses and coaching options at selflovepeddler.com. Follow the link in the show description for more details. I leave you with this. The only way to end women's cycle of body shaming, judgment, and self-loathing is through a common pact and plan to change the way we collectively think about our bodies and the bodies of those around us. Sending you peace.